Mark Hamill follows the dogs on Twitter, a micro-voyager, and remember to save the clock tower. All that and more on the sci-fi edition of Multiverse tonight. Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. Here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 102 of Multiverse Tonight. I'm, of course, your host, Thomas Townley. <sighs> I can't believe we're almost halfway through November. Man, this month seems to be going by kind of fast, especially now that the election's done. But I uh, don't have much on my, my, my brain right now. You know, keep watching Discovery. Um, it's, it's doing okay. I think they, I think instead of doing like a one season long arc, they should do like several short arcs across the season. Cause it really seems like they're just filling up, filling up time between, you know, parts of the story. You know, I think they could condense it a little bit. But other than that, uh, not much has been going on. Uh, tomorrow, I, you know, I hit my eighth anniversary at my uh, day job, and uh, boy, it's been it's been something. Uh, Black Friday this year is has been split into four mini events, and uh, well, it's been kind of hard on me because I had have had to, you know, help them lug things on and off the floor. I think they're trying to kill me, or at least my back. But, uh, other than that, everything's pretty much fine. And, uh, I think we should just go ahead into the Star Wars news. <sighs> Leslie Headland's Disney Plus series, Star Wars series, has been much anticipated. Now, we're getting an idea of what that show will be about. Headland, in an interview with YouTuber Fantastic Frankie said that the show will be a martial arts thriller with a female protagonist at a point in time that has been unexplored in previous Star Wars shows and movies. Quote, I would say it's in a pocket of the universe, and a pocket of the timeline that we don't know much about. That's what I can say. Unquote. Now, about the show being female-centric, she said, quote, Just because my show is technically, yes, female-centric, meaning it centers around a female protagonist, it doesn't, I don't think that necessarily excludes men from that space. I relate to male characters all the time. I root for Mando, I root for Luke. An inclusive space means an inclusive space. But at the same time, I think that just because something has a female protagonist doesn't necessarily mean it's for only for women. I kind of see Star Wars as a religion. I like to think of my show as a tent revival. You can come over, and if you want to, you're take, going to be talking about some cool stuff. There's going to be some things we haven't discussed in the canon yet. There are going to be some characters that you don't know about. I would love you to join us. I would love you to be interested in it. If it's not your thing, 
the cool thing about Star Wars right now is there's so much you can align yourself with and get invested in, but you don't if you don't like it, that's fine. Unquote. So it, there's not a lot of go, to go on in, in that uh, little bit. You know, maybe we'll get some more on the show in the spring. You know, and I think we all look forward to that. Mark Hamill's dogs have joined Twitter. His dogs, Millie and Mabel, have their own Twitter address, at Hamill Furballs, and their follow- first follower is, of course, their fur daddy, Mark Hamill, who, who tweeted, quote, Guess who is officially their first follower? That's right, your favorite Hamill, me. Hashtag, I officially have no life. Unquote. Yeah. I think that's cute. Of course, uh, if you want to see my dog, uh, you can go over to our Instagram at uh, Multiverse Tonight and uh, at Multiverse Tom and check out uh, my my dog. You know, I put up a picture of him every every now and then. You know, makes for great advertising. Dogs and cats are great advertisers. Now let's go on to the Star Trek news. Star Trek author Dave Galantier, who wrote the Discovery novel Dead Endless, has revealed that he is battling late stage cancer. In a, post, in, a, in a post on Twitter, the author wrote, quote, Rarely am I very public on Facebook with my personal life. I've taken this route uh, by baby steps, slowly telling friends, and finally telling a private group, and always prefacing with, this isn't a secret, but it's not for public consumption either. If I had my druthers, I'd keep it that way. But there's a point at which the future can't be avoided, not forever, and I should probably face the fact I can't reach out to everyone individually again and again. Some of you know the details to on this to one degree or another, but many do not. And before you feel like you have to say anything, I know there's really nothing one can say, because I've had to be in the position where someone broke their similar news to me, and that was always at a loss for words. There are real, just really are none. So here's the scoop. Two or three weeks short of a year ago, I was diagnosed with late-stage cholangiogenic carcinoma, that's cancer of the bile ducts, which is not to say it has destroyed all of mine or anything like that. It just means that that's where the cells mutate. We've been grappling with the ups and downs of this for a while. Obviously, and though we held out hope that this there wouldn't be more t- there would be more time i guess in a sense there has been since the diagnosis that time is now running out my latest treatment has only shown progression the cancer is spreading or growing and i am feeling some discomfort from the tumors the doctor suggested i have 3 to 6 months to li- months left but admitted it's probably closer to 3 of course that doesn't mean that time couldn't be more but it also means it could be less everyone is different my goal is clear. Spread as much good with time with my family as I can. For those who don't know, my wife Samantha and I share a home with my brother Josh and his wife Tamara and their three kids. They're aged four and a half, six and nine, and are kind of like our grandkids. A young man who is like a son to my wife and me, and has been a very special part of our lives, is moving down here from Vermont with his lovely wife, and will live 15 minutes away. I adore these people, truly adore. So I've built this incredible close family who've been amazingly supportive and sad. As am I. I admit, there are times when the emotion overwhelms me and I just choke up and my eyes well with tears and my voice betrays me. Hell, sometimes there's a sob. 
but I am loath to spend my final days morose. What a waste of precious time that would be. Instead, I intend to spend these last months in as much joy as possible and as often as I can with those I love. And I don't think I can explain how strongly I do, I do love these people. There are the reason I wake up every morning and I will continue to do so to spend time with them until I just can't make it happen any longer. To quote Doctor Who, happily ever after doesn't mean forever, it just means time, a little time. Unquote. Dutch physicists at Leiden University have created a microscopic microprinted ship that resembles the USS Voyager that moves on its own in liquid. The ship, which was built as part of a larger research project, uh, was highlighted in a scientific paper entitled, quote, Catalytically Propelled 3D Colloidal Microswimmers, unquote. Published in the journal Soft Matter, the, the mini-ship is one of several artificial mini-swimmers and is only microns big and will be able to move thanks to a, the chemical reactions between the platinum coating and the hydrogen peroxide solution that it's placed in. The researchers are hopeful that these 3D printed designs will help them learn more about biological microswimmers like bacteria, white blood cells, and sperm. And the hope is that by learning who these things are, who those things are, work, they could design a makeable use for synthetic microswimmers. Think the nanites from Star Trek. During Viacom CBS's third quarter investors conference call, CEO Bob Backish held up Star Trek as a sort of proof of the potential for the streaming service. Quote, We ended the quarter with 17.9 million domestic subscribers, up 72% year-on-year, which basically puts us just under the year-end target. And both CBS All Access and Showtime Streaming each had robust consumption growth in signups. Starting with All Access, the service benefited from strong demand for sports like UEFA, and the NFL, or just like Star Trek Lower Decks and CBS Network content like Big Brother and Love Island, as well as from the 3,500 library episodes added from Nickelodeon, BET, Comedy Central, MTV, and Smithsonian, plus the almost 200 films from Paramount that we added in late July as part of our preview launch. CBS All Access is now in the early stages of benefiting from the power of the combined company, unquote. Now, he also talked about how beneficial Star Trek has been to the growth of Pluto TV. Quote, Pluto TV continues to build on its position as the number one fast, free, ad-supported streaming television service in the United States. In the, in the quarter, Pluto TV's domestic monthly grew, users grew 57% to 28.4 million and globally grew to nearly 36 million. In fact, in the U.S., Pluto now has well over 100,000 hours of compelling content available to, con to consumers. We recently had nine, nine Viacom CBS channels, including Star Trek, Bellator, CBSN, Dallas, and CSI, unquote. Now, Paramount Plus was also brought up, which is the rebranding of CBS All Access that will start in early 2021, and will combine, quote, live sports, breaking news, and a mountain of entertainment, including exclusive original content, plus a diverse and deep library of shows and movies spanning all programming genres from CBS Vi from Viacom CBS leading brands in one unified service, unquote. Well, you know, I, I, there's not much to say there. I'm not really a stockholder either, so, you know, it sounds like CBS is doing well.
So can expect things to continue as as they are. And now let's go on to the geek news. Back to the Future writer Bob Gale recently spoke with a Hollywood reporter about actress Elsa Raven, who passed away on November 3rd at the age of 91. Elsa will be best known to Back to the Future fans as the lady asking for donations to save the courthouse clock tower. Gale told the Hollywood Reporter, quote, She was one of those A-list performers who could turn a small role into a memorable one. Although she is on screen for probably less than a minute, everyone remembers her. And casting her is an example of director Bob Zemeckis' philosophy that every role is important and can be made memorable. Bob would never save money by hiring a cheaper performer in a small role, a lesson we learned on our first movie, A Mediocre Day Player Can Ruin a Film. Elsa communicates some key exposition in our movie with the audience that the audience needs to know, and it takes a great, a great actress and a great director to make that come across in an entertaining way. She will always be remembered. Elsa, rest in peace, and my condolences to your many nieces and nephews." Unquote. Now, Elsa also appeared in movies, notably the Amityville Horror, Twilight Zone the Movie, Indecent Proposal, and Titanic, and she also appeared in several TV shows, including Quincy M.E., The Away the A-Team, Highway to Heaven, Freddy's Nightmares, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Murphy Brown, Seinfeld, and Third Rock from the Sun. The Orville's third season is getting back on track. The production like all Hollywood productions, had been put on hold when the pandemic started. Now, the Orville had gotten halfway through shooting when the shutdown hit. Now, prep work has begun with production set to begin in December. Now, there was no target date yet for the season debut, but uh, when, it, when that happens, it's expected that it will be at the end of 2021. Fingers crossed. Jurassic World Dominion has wrapped up production at UK's Pinewood Studios, which required 40,000 COVID tests, millions spent on protocols, and for the isolation of the cast and crew. Director Colin Trevorrow told Deadline.com, quote, There are a lot of emotions. I'm not sure I can put into it into words. It has been remarkable. Our crew and our cast has been so resilient. All producers have worked around the clock to make it the best it can be. It has been inspiring, unquote. Now, Trevorrow thinks that the experience of, do of doing this during the quarantine will enhance the final film, saying, quote, I think the, that close proximity to each other has made the movie better. Everything we were going through emotionally, we would share. We would rehearse on Sundays. We crafted the characters, which made the emotion of the film richer. I think the movie will be made will be stronger for it. Unquote. Now, uh, the movie Jurassic World Dominion is due out on June of 2022. Johnny Depp is officially out of the third Fantastic Beast movie. He broke the news on Instagram, saying, quote, I wish to let you know that I have been asked to resign by Warner Brothers from my role as Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts, and I have respected and agreed to that request. Now, here's the thing. Even though he's out of the movie, Depp will still make the $10 million salary he was going to get for, make it, for making the movie anyway. He has what's called a pay-or-play contract with Warner Brothers that says that he will be paid regardless of whether he acts in the film or not. And they had only shot one scene with him when this stopped. The movie 
will now be pushed back from its original target date of November of 2021 to the summer of 2022, and there's no word yet on who will take over the role. And uh, while we're on movie dates, Ryan Reynolds' video game movie Free Guy and the sequel to Murder on the Orient Express, Death on the Nile, are now rumor uh, are now kind of unmoored from set release dates. Free Guy was due out next month on December 11th, and Death was due on December 18th. But now they're just free-floating, you know, until things settle down enough that they can be given a concrete release date. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Xbox's first Halo game, Halo Combat Evolved, came out 19 years ago this past Sunday. Well, I'm just going to let that fact sit there. You're getting old. And that brings us to the end of the sci-fi news for today. And now be sure to check us out on social media. We're at Twitter, at Multiverse Tom. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And if you'd like to contribute some money, please visit mtpodcast.com to go to the Coffee, Patreon, and Glow.fm links as well. Or just go over to Multiverse Tonight and hit the Support Me link at the top of the page. And be sure to visit multiversetonight.com to check out the Affiliate Marketplace links, the link to the T Public Store, now there's always a there's always a sale there at this time of year. Our store, our show notes, and so much more. And if you'd like to be a subscriber, please be sure to share us with your friends. And also, and if you're brand new to the show, be sure to subscribe. Leave us with some feedback. Let me know how we're doing. You know, I I I really want to know. Special thanks to Shane Ivers for the intro music and Lobo Loco for the outro theme music. Thanks for watching the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. We'll be back in just two weeks, or two days, with a brand new comic book edition, and two weeks with a brand new sci-fi edition. Now, please, please, exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half-Baked Genre Productions, copyright 2020, all rights... Reserve.